0: Eventually, someone had recommended to me to take uh, yoga classes, and I thought, oh, I don't really, I don't really know how that's going to make a difference for me.
1: And you think, oh my gosh, you're already in pain. How could you even start something like that? I bet.
0: Exactly, exactly. And similar to the dietary change, I started slow. Okay. So I started going to yoga classes and I started feeling better. And then there started to be a bigger gap between when I would have a disc bulge. Mm -hmm. And then my healing process started to uh, shorten.
1: Welcome to the Create Happy Now podcast, dedicated to helping you start your journey to discover true happiness. Join me, your host, Susan Blanton Weekly, as we explore the transformation stories and words of wisdom from our Masters of Happiness with tips you can start applying today to create happy now. This is Susan Blanton with the Create Happy Now podcast. And today I have on my show, Kelly Sattel. And Kelly comes to us from Portland, Oregon, and she has a yoga studio there. And she is an integrative healing facilitator. She does one-on-one uh, healing uh, sessions with clients uh, to help them with their, um, you know, they, she does discovery sessions and she does work with corporate clients as well. And so Kelly, I'll let you tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank yeah. you so for coming.
0: Thank you so much, Susan, for having me. It's an honor to be here with you and talk with you. Um, and also uh, talk with your listeners a little bit. Um, so, thank you. Um, my pleasure. As you mentioned, my name is Kelly Sattel, and um, I'm an integrative healing facilitator. Um, I have a one on one client business that I work with people who are looking to have a deeper connection to who they are. And sometimes that involves kind of removing any. Um, blocks that they may have and things where they feel out of alignment or they're trying to find their happy, um, but they don't really know how to get there. And that can be in either physical issues, it can be emotional issues, relationship issues, all kinds of things. So I do that work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also for about uh, 10 years have um, co-owned a yoga studio here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, we do yoga teacher trainings. We're a 500-hour yoga certified studio. Oh, nice. We do yoga teacher trainings. We do retreats to Nepal. Um, we're going to Bali in September with a lovely group of people.
1: Oh, how exciting. And,
0: yeah. And then I also um, have had the privilege of teaching uh, corporate mindfulness programs. So I've taught um, in corporate groups, and I also teach personal mindfulness
1: programs which is how we met. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Kelly, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Tell the listeners, what's your story to happiness. That's what my guests come on the show to tell us, you know, their journey. Um, what were your trials and tribulations and, you know, what, how did you discover, um, your true self and your path to having it, life of ease and grace yeah
0: it's such a good question and it's um it's something that we all go through in in our lifetime experiences It happens um for different people at different times um my specific circumstance was that um when I was very young, probably preteen, um, I started having a lot of physical back pain, uh, so low back pain. And I had always struggled with neck pain as well. Mm. And I had gone to an osteopath and he told me, he said, well, it looks like you have, um, you were born with a spinal condition uh, where your vertebrae aren't properly kind of stacked or properly developing. Oh. And What he had said was, um, keep your core, he kind of gently patted me on the back and he said, keep your core strong and don't do gymnastics and good luck to you. And this was a time I think I was, I was 11, 12 years old, kind of a preteen. And so I started doing physical therapy to kind of strengthen some of my uh, back muscles and um, always doing core strengthening exercises. And as I started to get a little older, um, I developed um, this repeated pattern of having herniated discs in my neck and low back. And so in my 20s, I started having um, this period where I would have a herniated disc, and I'd go on heavy medication for that. So heavy rounds of uh, prednisone, muscle relaxants, and then ibuprofen to sort of taper myself off. Hmm. In addition to having um, physical therapy, massage, and really sort of not functioning in the world. So even things like riding in a car were incredibly difficult for me because any kind of movement was so jarring to the nerves in my spine that were being compressed.
1: Oh, my goodness. And
0: this happened repeatedly, um, probably every six months. So I would get a disc bulge and then it would take me three months to heal. And then in the end, three months later, I'd get another disc bulge and it would take me time to heal again. And I just wasn't I wasn't recovering. Um, and the protocol of medication and physical therapy wasn't actually going to the root of the problem to heal what was causing that problem. Right. And this was when I was in my early 20s, and I remember there was a moment of, I can't live my life like this. This is not going to be how I live out the rest of my life. And as a result of taking all of this medication, what was happening was I started to destroy my digestive system. So I had given myself um, acid reflux. And also we now know the importance of the gut brain access to mental health. I had given myself raging anxiety. And so with all of this anxiety and um, sort of this internal kind of breakdown Um, I got really desperate, and I had gone to see an acupuncturist who had recommended that I make a dietary change. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't know how diet is going to make a difference when I'm in excruciating pain. I got to do with your back. Yeah, barely able to get in a car to come and see you, and you tell me (laughs) that I need to stop eating X, Y, A, Z ingredients, and. There was something in me, though, that knew that I must make that change. Yeah. And it was a very, I have to say, in my own personal experience, it was a very slow path to removing those things from my diet and starting to feel better and then asking someone else, what's your recommendation and starting to feel better. Mm -hmm. And eventually, someone had recommended to me to take uh, yoga classes, and I thought, oh, uh, I don't really, I don't really know how that's going to make a difference for me.
1: And you think, oh my gosh, you're already in pain. How could you even start something like that? I bet.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And similar to the dietary change, I started slow. So I started going to yoga classes and I started feeling better. And then there started to be a bigger gap between when I would have a disc bulge. Mm -hmm. And then my healing process started to uh, shortened. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, something's happening here that I'm not really sure what that is, but something is happening. And so I ended up going through, I got myself well enough to go through um, a yoga teacher training program. Wow. And from that point forward, I started realizing the ability that we have within ourselves to heal ourselves.
1: Absolutely.
0: And Absolutely. when you give yourself that power back, mm-hmm. boy, it makes a significant difference in your life. And, yeah, sorry, Susan. I,
1: I, no, I, I think it's, it's exactly right. I think it's it's all about setting an intention. You decided something's got to give, yeah, you know right? yeah. You went you went from victimhood to, I'm going to figure out something. It's going to be a journey of discovery of what's going to work, what's going to work. And, and I applaud you for being so consistent with your dietary changes and sticking with yoga, one thing, um, long enough to, I mean, not give up, right. Um, you just kept at it and kept at it. Um, so tell me a little bit more about how you feel the, the yoga helped.
0: Yeah, the yoga aspect is such an interesting one. Um, and it's interesting because um, here in in the West, in the United States, we often think of yoga just as kind of the physical practice. Mm-hmm. And truly that was most definitely my gateway into um, yoga is mm-hmm. very much through the physical practice. Mm-hmm. And through that physical practice, um, when the body starts to heal, then you can start to hear yourself a little bit more. You can reconnect to yourself because you're not busy trying to heal yourself. You're not busy trying to be well. Yes. And that in itself can be very much a struggle. There's a lot of energy that's required in order to heal. Mm-hmm. And so while I started in the physical practice, it took me into a very deep internal dive and really kind of an enormous personal research project of my goodness, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to notice that my body can hold itself better in space. I'm starting to notice that I'm building a little bit of muscle in a safe way. I'm strengthening and stretching in a way that is very supportive for my structure. And so that led me to what is Really, yoga about and what are we really capable of when we're practicing sort of what's called uh, Raja Yoga, which is the all eight limbs or the full lifestyle of yoga. Mm -hmm. So, everything from the yamas and niyamas, which are um, sort of moral and ethical codes that we uh, follow internally and externally, all the way to who am I. As a self, who am I really? Yes. And so um, the whole yoga path or this eight limbed path is truly a life changing experience. And when you go through all of those paths or when you practice that full practice of yoga, the goal is really realizing your own divinity, your own magnificence. Yes. And so it was that little spark as I was really at the depth of pain, it was that little spark inside that said, I I can do more, I can be more. And then following that path all the way to, oh my goodness, we are incredible beings, magical, capable of healing ourselves. But it just takes a little bit of uh, inner, Listening, inner hearing to know mm-hmm. what's my path. How do I go about doing this?
1: Absolutely. I I think, um, like I mentioned before, setting an intention. Not that you're working. Not that you're trying hard. There is trying hard, but there's there's that desire of expecting you to get better you know there's i will do this i am going to do this and and to kind of you have to let go to some extent and follow your intuition what's the next step what feels good what who do i talk to what do i do what sounds right what's not so right for me um even when it comes down to food choices you know, I, I don't like to eat meat that much. Um, and I've always loved meat and I didn't just one day go, I'm going to be a vegetarian. It's just more of like, my body's like, I'm not so hungry for meat, you know? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and then I just kind of gave it up for a couple of years and it felt great. I didn't have any problems with it, but then, um, I, you know, some doctor told me to get back and start eating meat again and my body, and I didn't realize it until I looked back that my body had, it wasn't good for me. I'm not saying not everybody mm-hmm. give up meat, but I'm just saying for me, um, it just, it, it started a, a downward spiral of health for me until I realized I got to pair back on, mm-hmm. on that. And there's other foods that I love that I cannot eat because my body it, it's not good for it. And then I started to crave things now that are really good for my body and give me more energy and vitality. And so, um, it, but it's following your intuition, you know, it's following your gut. Yes. it's following your, what, what feels right. What, what's, so what did you experience with following your intuition? How did you develop that over time? Yeah.
0: That's also a really interesting question because that's the piece that kicked off the healing journey for me of I know that I can't live my life like this. And it didn't come from a place of a logical deduction that I arrived at. It came from a deeper inner knowing. Mm -hmm. Sort of like um, a feeling of knowing that you will always be safe or you will always have this in your life. Like those are some inner knowings that we have. And when we follow that inner knowing, that inner intuition, heart guidance, um, connection to higher self, whatever the terminology is, that path is magical. It is.
1: It, It is. And it's, and there's times it kind of, uh, I have conversations with it. Are you sure? I just did that. Yes. Yes, please. And I'm like, am I going crazy? But, um, it has led me in, in situations that I just look back and go, Oh my gosh, I followed it and look what happened. You know, it's, it's, it's really magical. It is, it is more flow more ease, more grace has come to my life. Absolutely. By following it, letting go, getting in touch with it, being in the present moment more and more and more instead of thinking ahead or worrying about the past or worrying about the future. Being in the now moment has helped me get in that place. Um, what, What have you learned um, from, you know, your trials and errors of discovering your intuition and, and how to, to zero in on it and to know when it's your inner wisdom and not your logical thinking?
0: Yeah, such a good question. Um, and I, I've actually been teaching classes and workshops on intuition lately. Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like that's a very important um, starting block for people to connect back to themselves Mm -hmm. and to connect back to their wisdom. And what's my wisdom will not always be another person's wisdom, but that is almost like your, your own prescription for this lifetime. So how did I connect back to my intuition I have to say I've had some brilliant teachers who have encouraged uh, me to listen to that inner voice and taught me how to listen to that inner voice. And what I've discovered is that our inner wisdom shows up um, as an inner sense for us, similar to our outer senses. So we have our sense of sight, taste, touch, hearing, um, we have those five senses, but we also have inner five senses, which you can call um, clairs. So uh, clairvoyant, you can see things. Maybe you can see images or you see things that are not um, with your eyes that are like physical matter, but you see them. Um, you can have a sense of inner taste, um, inner smell. You can smell things when you see a picture of someone, mm-hmm. perhaps you have an inner knowing of how things will unfold at uh, claircognizant. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways to, that I got in touch with this was one through teachers who had told me, you are very intuitive. It's very important that you listen to your intuition and really underscoring the point that intuition is wildly different than logic. and logic is very uh one plus one equals two i will do this i will do that therefore this will be the result intuition is um wildly different than that it's surprising it's non sequitur it's not what you think it is Mm um you can't make it you
1: can't can't force it
0: you can't force it and the logical mind will try to deduce well well that doesn't make any sense how could i do that or i don't know how to do that Mm -hmm. but the magic in following that inner wisdom that inner guidance is following it because it is truly magical an example of this i can give a recent example so i had always had the desire to um move to uh, california specifically kind of uh Encinitas area. So down Encinitas, San Diego, et cetera. Yeah. I've always loved traveling to this area. Um, but I wasn't really sure that I wanted to move there full time. I just wanted to kind of explore and experience. And I was living in a condo at the time where my lease was a 12 month lease on that condo. And so I was ready to stay, I think June or July was when that uh, lease was over. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from the landlord um, who said, I would like to sell my property and I'd like to put it on the market right away. And this was during um kind of during the pandemic. And so we were all um, locked down, quarantined, and all of those things. And I was this situation was really difficult. I was working from home full time, spending, you know, 40-50 hours a week working, and then I was staying at home, so I didn't understand my logical mind could not understand how I would handle people coming in and touring the place while I was working full time and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And so I thought I have to move. My logical mind said, Oh, it's time to move. Um, you have to move because, um, otherwise people are going to be coming in and out of the place and you're working full time. That's really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I had, um, I, I had a, had and have a daily meditation practice. And I was in meditation one morning and I got the words stay. And staying was not at all an option for me because I I didn't know how to handle people coming in and out of the home. and, And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna follow staying. And what happened was as a result of staying I was able to take some additional time to figure out what is it that I want to do. So I thought, why don't I put my stuff in storage and go live in California for a few months? And so I found a website, Furnished Finder, where um, there are furnished short-term rentals Mm -hmm. and found that place and everything clicked into alignment. So What happened was the lease ended, I put my stuff in storage, I was able to move to California. And it was just such a very seamless process, but that was not at all within my thought process about how I was going to handle this situation of needing to um, have people in and out, working full-time, all of that. So just that very quiet um, answer really of stay, was an intuitive moment for me um, that I followed and I ended up living in California twice for a couple of months each time. And it was brilliant. It was like something that I had always wanted to do. So it ended up
1: being a gift. Yeah. It's crazy how and I say crazy because it seems miraculous when you feel like you're having to rely on your own logic and wit all the time. And when you, let go and let it flow and be able to tap into your intuition, then things kind of fall into place. I mean, you do have to put some action in there. You just can't lay down and let the world happen around you. But it's when you take the advice of your intuition, um, and, and take that intuitive action, um, that, I mean, for instance, um, I had a situation where it was like a Friday afternoon and I usually had checked my LinkedIn in the morning and I had checked it and, uh, you know, did whatever with it. And then I don't look at it the rest of the day. And that afternoon, my intuition said, check your LinkedIn. And I, like I said, I had a conversation with it, you know, no, I already looked at it, look at it again. Okay. Well, there was a a job offer. Um, Someone was really trying to recruit me heavily uh, for a position, and then I found out, and I said, yeah, okay, you know, I I I actually already had a position, wasn't really looking." Told them that, but then um, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll talk to you on Tuesday." So come Tuesday the company that I was working for was going through and, and letting everybody go. I mean, they weren't going to let me go, but I was like, gosh, like what kind of timing was that? And yeah. I ended up taking the job and it was great. So, um, you know, it's just be being able to recognize those things and I, and, and your intuition is, is talking to you all the time all the time. It's a matter of whether you listen to it or not. Um, And I mean, I I know there's been times where I've shown up wearing the same thing as somebody else, or I would go, let me go change my clothes because someone else is wearing this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. But when I showed up, they were wearing what I was going to wear. And then I realized I changed my clothes intuitively because I knew they were going to wear that. Um, Right. (laughs) I mean, just things like that all the time. Um, And then when you realize it, you're like, you know, like it, 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 there's there's so many times that, um, you know, just knowing that uh, I'm listening or talking to somebody and I'm thinking about something and I'll get the email right at that minute that I was willing to ask them a question. I got the email. I got a phone call. It happened right when I'm asking for it. Where you're at the store and you're look, you're getting ready to ask for help, and it's right there. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's uh it's just um those kinds of things. But you can use it stronger and stronger. Not use these, these little things. But when when you notice these things, and you really listen to it. And then you kind of understand where that feeling is and what it's like. Um, and I've used it to find keys, things I couldn't find. And I remember looking for something, and I'm down here and it said, just look up. And I go, okay, I looked up and there it was. And yeah. so just things like that. Um, that's, that's, it's so much fun. Um, and I have done a practice and this is, I don't know if you've ever done this, where I just took a whole day to just listen to my intuition and do the whole day. Listen, what I'm going to do next. What am I going to do Yes, next? yes, yes.
0: In yeah. fact, that's one of the activities that I teach in the intuitive workshops that I lead. Yes. So taking your intuition out for a drive for the day uh-huh. is listening for the inner voice and what it's telling you to do. So for example, on a Saturday, if you get up every day on a Saturday and you decide that I go out to this coffee place, there's something inside that may say, well, what about that coffee place? Mm -hmm. And something will unfold there that needs to unfold. And that's the magic of it. It's so, it's quite special. Um, And so for the listener um, who may be wondering well, how do I access or how do I hear that? I have a very busy life and um, I or I'm a very logical person. So I have a hard time hearing that. One of the ways to really hear your intuition and biochemically what happens um, is that we can connect to it more when we're in the parasympathetic state, nervous Mm -hmm. system state. Mm Yes. And so one of the easiest ways to sort of build that is um, through getting back in touch with what you said earlier, Susan, the present moment, Mm -hmm. getting back in touch with how am I feeling in my body? Am I noticing the clothing texture against my skin? Do I notice the chair that I'm seated in and how soft or hard that is? Um, am I really fully in my body? Am I experiencing all of the senses in my body? Or am I listening only to the stories and the tracks in the head? And once we can get out of that head talk place and back into the body, it encourages us to be in that parasympathetic state in our nervous system, which really helps us to understand what is really much more important for us. So, tons to say about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, but um, that's one way is getting back into your body and Mm -hmm. recognizing the chatter in the mind versus what's really happening in the body.
1: You know, what is uh, a practice that I feel most people don't ever practice this, but it's a very big eye opener to being a uh existing in your body right so we we we're steering it around here and there and everywhere but never being in it right so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so doing a body scan where you just take a moment and just put your attention you know your eyes closed, you know your your toes and work up to your ankles and your calves and your knees and 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 all the way up to where you and then you kind of feel the whole body at once, feel your nose to your toes, and your body's buzzing. I mean, your body is always buzzing with activity. There's a lot going on in your body. There's heart pumping, there's air breathing, there's cells reproducing, you know, there's there's a lot of there's food digesting, you know, you've got a lot going on. You got your brain working, you got your nervous system working, and you don't realize how alive you are until you're actually in your body and feeling it and then taking appreciation of it. I mean, this is the only thing that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, the only the thing that you can guarantee that you're going to have from birth to death is your body. Everything else in your whole life could change but yeah take we take advantage of it we don't appreciate it and we abuse it and we hate it sometimes you know we we get discouraged with it um but the more we take appreciation for it the better we can heal ourselves
0: yes the human body is one of the most magical machines on the planet it is just a beautiful creation and i think um societally culturally we get caught in things that really just don't matter um it's the suit that we're in in this incarnation and it's magical and it has an ability to heal that is just brilliant that's the brilliance of our own being Mm -hmm. and so the more that we can love that and love the kind of suit that we're in um, the more it will speak to us and the more we can be connected to what it really needs to tell us
1: Absolutely, that,
0: that in itself is, is enormous step towards healing and also an enormous step towards finding happy.
1: Yeah. And also I have heard that, you know, you have, you have your intuition, but you also have your innate, your smart body that knows how to heal itself, but it's just going to do what it can do, but it, if it doesn't have any instruction to heal, it will just keep going on. Um, I know, uh, I used to get sick all the time from childhood on up until I became a single mother. And I was like, I don't have time to get sick anymore. I just said, I don't get sick anymore. Mm -hmm. And for eight solid years. I never got a cold, a science infection, a fever, nothing. I never got sick. And I hardly ever get sick anymore either uh with those types of types of things. Um and then when I was sick last year, um it it was a journey out from being, you know, it it was Epstein-Barr and and mm-hmm. I have some podcasts on that, but um i set an intention that i wasn't going to let that fester and turn into something worse i was going to create the best version of myself and it was a whole new journey of rediscovering myself and and appreciating my body and and loving it and being patient with it and celebrating healing milestones um and congratulating it and Encouraging it and listening to it, and you know, and it was just a beautiful journey. And I'm kind of glad I went through that because now I I feel so much better, and I continue to feel better mentally and physically um, from that journey. Um, and I definitely have things flowing uh, more easily. Um, it just kind of comes with the whole package.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think um, what a brilliant um, process that you've gone through too, to be able to heal, not only kind of innately, the wisdom innately within your body to heal, but also you in that kind of being the conductor of it to, to, to learn from that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to you for that.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I just want to encourage, uh, the listeners that, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that, uh, people have been able to heal from, um, from, I, I've met some, uh, folks who were kind of given a, you know, the doctors gave up. And yeah. and they were in their twenties and they didn't foresee them living past a year and now they're in their sixties. Yeah. And they're yeah. and they're very vibrant. <laughs> so yes. um so and, and and look at your journey. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, your 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 osteopath was just like, well, telling you as a little girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm you know, too bad. So sad. And, um, and I couldn't imagine what you went through, uh, with, you know, the, I've had suffered with back pain. I was in a bad car accident and, um, yoga actually helped me finally get it completely gone. Um, and, uh, but, but just when you're in a lot of pain, you don't have the The emotional energy sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy to heal the body itself.
1: Yeah. And you just have to, um, and I think probably you started with the dietary changes, which help uh, with energy for sure. (laughs) And that's what gets you to going to the physical uh, energy, um, things that you need to do. I know for me, I had to change my, my way of eating before I could get out. I mean, I, I wanted to be on the couch and just crawl on the ball and go to sleep and not do anything else ever. Right, um, I, right. so I went from that to, um, I, I found, uh, a way to eat. I did it for a short period of time just to kind of re group. I still eat like that sometimes, but not as strict, but, um, when I ate like that, and that was basically all vegetables and, uh, fresh fruit mostly. Mm -hmm. And I gave up everything else for a while. My energy just shot through the roof. And I thought I was like, I cured. (laughs) Um, but I still had the physical part that I had to go through. I need to get outside. I needed to walk. I needed to start exercising. And, um, and that's what helped me to, take the next step and so it's it's definitely um something that you you have to identify and be in touch with what what works and what doesn't what your body really loves um and thrives on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what now what kind of dietary changes did you have to make what were suggested for you that you work that worked for you and I know everybody's different but what worked for you
0: Yeah, everyone, everyone is very, very different. Um, And so it's, it's um, why I I can share what it is that I do and what I changed. I would encourage people to kind of listen to what Mm -hmm. their inner knowing is for them. Um, Because truly what's right for me is not going to be right for someone else. And there will be teeny tiny changes in what's right for me versus what will be right for them. Mm-hmm. But what happened for me was that um, the uh, acupuncturist who I spoke with said, well, I think that uh, gluten may be causing both back pain and um, anxiety. And to be honest, at that time, I thought, oh my goodness, that that's that's ridiculous. But there was something within me that said, I must try regardless, Mm -hmm. because I knew that I wanted to feel better and I knew that I didn't want my life to be continuing on that path and it wasn't a good path. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: And so I cut away uh, gluten from my diet Mm -hmm. and did a ton of research as to why is it important to not eat gluten? And this was 2000. 6, 2007, so there wasn't as much um, research and science around it as there is now, but what we know about gluten is that um, the way that it's grown, particularly in the United States, is um, the the gluten molecule, the gluten protein, has become much stronger, and because of the the chemicals and the pesticides, particularly glyphosate, that we have used on uh, gluten crops wheat crops and what that has done is it strengthened the gluten uh, protein which makes it harder for people to digest oh yeah and when it's hard for you to digest something it causes inflammation and micro tears within Mm -hmm. your um intestines and that causes inflammation in the body and And leaky gut sorry and leaky gut and leaky gut yes and what happens when you have that inflammation is the body is is in pain and that inflammation causes swelling and in my particular case the swelling or the bloating was happening in my belly which was pushing on my back and causing um stiff muscles so Mm -hmm. in your low spine um the muscles there that sit behind your digestive system, um, the psoas muscle gets compressed from all of that inflammation and stress.
1: Oh. And so
0: your psoas is compressed not only from sitting, but also from the inflammation of the food that you take in. And when that gets compressed and inflamed, then that's going to pull on your, on your spine. It's going to pull on your bones. And so that was happening for me. Um, And when I removed gluten from my diet, it was not an instant uh, change that I noticed. It was slow, gradual, this kind of, huh, I feel better. And it would be very difficult to track that down if you weren't kind of consciously tracking through that process. So some people may say, oh, well, I've done that before, and it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. For me, it was very serious. Like, I must do this in order to see if this will really help me. So yeah, gluten well, was really the big thing for me.
1: Consistency, like I mentioned, is the key. And and I think yeah. you stuck with it. You stuck with trying no gluten. You stuck with doing yoga um, on a regular basis. And um, now what happened when you did have a, a reactivation of, um, you know, the bulge, um, did, did that affect your ability to do the yoga? Did you have to take time off of yoga or mm-hmm. did you have to change how you did things? How did you get through that?
0: Yeah. So what happened is I made these two pretty significant changes. So uh, cutting out um, gluten and then also doing yoga more regularly. What I noticed was that when I had a disc bulge, I was healing a lot faster. So instead of taking six to eight weeks, I would feel better within two weeks. Oh,
1: nice, okay.
0: And that was also a little bit of a, huh, I'm feeling better much faster. Something on this path is very healing for me. So I kept going, I kept going to yoga. I kept diving deeper. Um, within to really kind of understand what what is really happening here and how is this healing happening so
1: yeah and I think too when you start doing that you're at first you're kind of having to discipline yourself and then after a while you crave it you desire it you yes you or you just like I don't want to eat that anymore because that made me feel bad and I really yes. want to eat this way because it makes me feel really good or I don't want to stop going to yoga because it's making me feel so much better instead of before you would probably have a disciplining yourself to go um on a regular basis because I'm sure it was not comfortable for you at first
0: yeah it was not comfortable and to be honest it was scary for me because they um the osteopath that I had seen had said very specifically keep your core strong and never do gymnastics mm-hmm. and we can look at many of the yoga asana or the yoga poses and say well they kind of look like gymnastics yeah and so there was a long period of time of feeling like is this really the right thing for me to do not only did I was I skeptical about um yoga really being able to help when i was in such severe pain i also needed to reprogram what i was told when i was young that don't do this kind of thing but actually that was what was really important for strengthening and stretching the muscles that align the structure of my body so yeah
1: he probably just didn't want you to fall and do all of those flips and things like that in gymnastics, not necessarily what the gymnasts do in a, because the gymnasts, I'm sure, have do a lot of yoga exercises just naturally um, in their practice. But uh, he probably just didn't want you jumping and doing a lot of high impact exercises and so just yeah. like gymnastics. So, but uh yeah yoga yoga was not a super popular uh practice back yeah then for him to suggest yoga right i exactly. think it, i think if it had been he probably would have said you know maybe you should start doing yoga um or something similar to that but i feel like i i like doing yin um mm-hmm. yoga um especially if you feel like you've got really tight hips. Um, and I had had a bad car accident, um, that mm-hmm. caused lower back pain. And I always thought I was getting, it had gotten pretty good where it didn't really bother me too much, but it wasn't until I took that yin class that it all shifted. Like it just like, it was yeah. like clunk one day and I was like, oh, that's the way it's supposed to feel like. Like I thought I wasn't in pain, but now I'm not in any pain. Yes, <laughs> you live yes. with pain that you don't realize you have until you don't have it. Right. Right. So well, um, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed having you come and visit and I would like to um definitely stay in touch and maybe have you come back on the show again and um, I wanted to know if you could share with listeners your favorite quote. Yeah.
0: Um, I know that we've kind of started off and talked mostly in our conversation today about kind of healing the physical body. And for many people, it may be like, well, why is it that I? healing the physical body will help me connect to my intuition or will help me connect to the spiritual aspect of my being or my connection to all things, all beings around me. Um, and it goes back to the, um, when you start to heal the physical body, then you start to realize how amazing the body really is. And then you start to build this deeper connection with yourself, hear yourself, all on this path to what's called self-realization in the yoga path. And my favorite quote, as of late, um, comes from Ram Das, who uh, is a Western psychologist by um, education and trade, but spent a significant portion of time in India um, studying with his teacher. And Ram Dass' quote is that we are all walking each other home. And why I love this quote is because all of the teachers along my way to say, you have the spinal condition, stop eating gluten, maybe you should try yoga, are all of the people who have been helping walking me back home to myself. And through that process, it's helped me to become a much happier person much more content, much more in touch with what's going on on in my inner world and how important that is. And so there's a huge amount of gratitude for all of those teachers who have been walking me back home to myself. So that quote is, is one that gives me the feels for sure.
1: Oh, that was amazing. I love that. That's so yeah. true. That's so, that just feels so like, yes. Um, yeah. and and I, I feel like when you have the the healing, you know, when we realize we have our, we have superpowers and superpower, one of the biggest one, is the, our ability to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, then then, like you said, it helps with your inner power of intuition, which is another superpower. And when you have that, that's where, because everybody wants to be happy and we have to realize that happiness does not exist where we are, who we have, what we have. It exists with our relationship to ourselves. Yes. Because wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Whoever you're with. There you are. Whatever you have, there you are. You're always the consistent denominator of every situation that you're ever in. You cannot escape that. And so, when you have that relationship, that's where happy lives. That's that's how you create happy now. That's right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: what is your uh, happy hack? Always like to have everybody share their happy hack.
0: Um. My happy hack is, is going outside. Yeah, I think when I can go outside, I live in the Pacific Northwest, uh, so Portland, Oregon. It's absolutely beautiful here, particularly in the summertime. Um, There's lots of tall trees. There's so much green around. So my happy hack is going outside and enjoying that and we, we do have a very short window of summer, um, and outside time in the Pacific Northwest, because it's pretty gray and rainy here, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I think going outside and being in
1: nature is, is a happy hack for me. Right, right. I, I totally agree. I've got to be around water. I'm a water baby. Um, so that, that's definitely my, my happy place. Um, so, uh, Can you tell the listeners what you've got going on, how they can find you, get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about you? Yeah.
0: Um, so, um, my website, um, is kelly Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then, um, I teach yoga classes here in Portland, Oregon. I also uh, co-teach retreats. Uh, We have a retreat to Nepal coming up in February of 2023. Um, And that information is also available on my website. And then I also have an opportunity to book um, free discovery sessions with me um, if you'd like to uh, work through anything where you're feeling kind of disconnected from your heart and soul or uh, working on... Um, building your intuition or reconnecting in your relationship. Um, people are welcome to book a free discovery session um, directly from my website. So those are a couple of things that I've got
1: going on. Oh, how exciting. Well, I am so glad that you came and visited me, and I really, thoroughly enjoyed connecting with you and chatting with you about my favorite subject. And, um, I definitely want to have you back on the show and and share some more. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we were able to meet, um, and namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much, Susan. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Create Happy Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and if you are watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell. If you have a topic to suggest, leave a comment below. Catch the Create Happy Now podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podbean, Amazon Radio, and iHeartRadio. Check out other YouTube videos on the Create Happy Now YouTube channel. And if you want more, check down below for links to resources, courses, and events, or go to www.createhappynow.com.